Welcome to the Adventure Creator Podcast, episode number 49. Today I have one of my favorite conversations for sure because I'm talking with Alondra Gonzalez Orozco, my partner and just an all around awesome human. I've learned a bunch of different perspectives and ways of thinking about things, looking at the world, surrounding yourself with good energy and being intentional about what you allow your thoughts to be, what you allow the energy around you to be. And we talk in depth about how she grew up in Guadalajara and found a community in longboarding. And we go deep on that as well as talk about our last three, three and a half months down here in Busarias, Nayarit, where we've been living and uh, just kind of talk about how we got down here, some of the stories, some of our favorite experiences, the differences between culture in Mexico and the U.S., which um, I've really fallen in love with this country. And uh, there's just so much richness in culture in the environment, um, the natural environment that is. And yeah, this is an opportunity for us to share a little bit about our experience and bring y'all up to speed on what we've been doing at down here. So without any more delay, let's get into the conversation. Here we go. We're here. Cheers. <laughs> okay. We're having tequila. <laughs> We're in Mexico and we've been here for three months. We're going to talk um, today about your journey primarily and also how we came to Mexico and a little bit about <laughs> the adventure that we've been on for the last couple months. But yeah, I'm excited and just a second ago we were recording and I didn't actually hit record on the on the podcast machine. So here we are. I'm going to tap <laughs> into, um, I just want to say, yeah, I've learned a ton from you in the last couple months and this year. And we complement each other and we have very different um, life experiences as well as perspectives. So we're going to chat a little bit about that and about how you have become the human that you are today. We've got trucks driving down the street I can hear in the background um, but yeah this should be super fun and I will open up the floor to you to talk about growing up in Mexico and what that was like in Guadalajara well we get all the experience from Mexico by listening to that truck right it's well the, the guys across the street turned their music off they were just like blasting music and Matthew and I were trying to do a podcast really? earlier, so I had to go hide I had to go oh. barricade myself in the bedroom oh so you switched everything Ah. Switched it all, and then now here we are, back. Well, yeah, a little bit of taste of Mexico for you <laughs> and your podcast. Well, growing up in Mexico, I don't know where to start so much. Well, I'm going to go to the longboarding days because mm. I think those were, I'm going to put words in your mouth, but like transformative okay. days for you. But yeah. first, just like a little bit of background about who you are, what you're passionate about, and like how growing up in Mexico began to form this incredible woman that I'm sitting across from <laughs> right now. Well, where do I start? It's Alondra meeting the world. My mom's so young. My dad, not as young, but acting as if he was a young one. <laughs> 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 and um, just I learned so much from my, from my mom and my dad. Obviously, we all do. But um, my mom was a greedy one. My dad was a happy loving always had a great sense of humor person he loved uh social encounters and just dance as you saw in my 
brother's wedding. Yep, we just went to <laughs> Zapotlanejo this past weekend to celebrate Richie and Danica's wedding. Whoop, whoop. And I met your dad for the first time. Yes. And yes, he's he's a partier. He's a social guy. So <laughs> he you got it's clear to me now that you got your dad's social uh, like needs. passion needs. Yes, you can say needs and yeah. your mom's grit because like you're yep. a gritty human being. Just did six sixteen minutes in the ice the other day. The ice bath. We'll talk ice about bash. that at some point. Yeah. Woo. There that's you a, go. That's a pretty Woo. typical sound for us here, like in the middle of the night. God, last night, I swear, there was just like so much noise outside. Wow. I didn't hear it. I fell asleep. I was meditating. Then you came in the bed and I was just, you know what? I really want to say good night, but I can't move. Yeah, I'm thanks. so relaxed. I thought you were mad at me. <laughs> no. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah. Um, then I got my mom's side um, of just, she had a rough childhood so I learned a ton about her she would tell me all this insane stories and me seeing it from a third person you know it's I wouldn't and also as a young person I couldn't realize how I didn't realize how bad those situations were where she had to just be really in tune with herself to make decisions that would benefit her life. So I think she passed that on, her her intuition and just seeing just like her grit. She passed it on to me, I guess, to my siblings and I. Um, and I, even though, well, now my parents are divorced, but even though they're divorced, we grew up in, in a really loving home, just, yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like most of us have the opportunity to live in, in a really loving home. And it's you decide to see the world. And, you know, like, obviously we all had our problems. They had our problems. But you decide to see the world how you ever, like, how you want to. I don't know how to explain it. But yeah. <laughs> I mean, just like my mom, I think going towards my mom's perspective of life, that's when I met my own kind of destiny. I would see her just thriving, putting all her energy to raising us, being a house mom and, and working. And then also putting a little bit um, time aside to, to probably be herself which she, she didn't do much but mm -hmm. that's just like put maybe like taking a step back and and looking at her and all the things that she did made me realize how important it was for us to take action in our lives and not like vain things matter it was more of a matter of what your soul wanted and take action of of it mm -hmm. how do you Say yeah. Yeah, no. I'm, take action of you what know. your soul wants, and that's when I, I guess in my teenage years, it's just a lot, Kyle. We're gonna go How slowly. We yeah. have plenty of time. Um, but yeah, I think you talking about your parents first is like makes a lot of sense to me because it's it was such like a big part of your life, and you are a very family oriented person. Extremely, yeah. And uh, you look up to your parents for like the values that they brought to you. And I think 
in the U.S. We can talk a lot about during this conversation, kind of like the difference between mm-hmm. both of us, because growing up in the U.S., I also had a very loving family, but we just have a way different culture mm-hmm. and we value different things. Um, there's different traditions, like uh, in terms of just like how warm and hugging and welcoming we are versus like in the U.S., I mean, down here in Mexico, like it's just... Um, we can, another level. we can talk about like the differences <laughs> in culture and how I think both of us have taught each other some things like the benefits of coming from these different places. Um, I just want to say early on that spending this three months in Mexico has been very um, eye opening for mm-hmm. me because in the U.S. we don't really learn like how much how rich the culture is down here, how beautiful the lands are. And so to be able to spend an extended period of time down here has been fantastic just for my personal growth. And also being with you, learning more of the emotional side of things. Like before we recorded, I think you were just talking about how words don't always... Wisdom or not always attached to words. Wisdom is not always attached to words, right? So explain like what you mean by that and how like you resonate more with energies and more with things that aren't necessarily able to be communicated by language. Mm, I think that goes all the way back to like my mom's background. I, uh, she grew up in a really poor side of town. So she had no money and all the things, everything that she had, it was just what she knew and her intuition. So growing up, she built wisdom not with things that people would tell her, but things that she would, or life situations that she would put be put to in, or mm-hmm. <laughs> she would be put in. So out of those life situations, she didn't have the, t- she, she couldn't, she did have the time, but she never took the time to journal or she, yeah, it was just, she translated every all her wisdom into kind of action or just emotions, mm-hmm. whereas she or like instead of words and telling someone, "Hey, I feel like this," mm-hmm. you know, or this is this words attached to this feelings. It's like no. Sometimes you just it's like how would you describe intuition as well? You know, everyone sees it in a different way but we all know i mean we all we all can start describing it in a different way but we know we all know what it means at the end of the day right. and it's just the feeling mm-hmm. that you get so a lot of that wisdom is like that just feelings that you get you were um, you would tell me stories about i want to hear like lots of stories about I, mexico but you would tell okay. me stories about how you understood things like or really at an early age like okay like what like uh when like guys would like hit on your mom for example oh my gosh yes <laughs> and you bad. would like walk behind her and like protect like so no yeah. one could see your butt okay <laughs> i this, so there's this really vivid memory i have i was three years old walking down the street beside my mom my sister was walking be- on her other side and she's a good-looking girl, a woman, I think. And she had us three, my siblings and I, at such an early age. So she was still looking good when I was three years old. Um, and especially, like, in Latino America, um, most of the guys or people, yeah, just, like, men look at women in a very sexualized way, which annoys me. 
and I she was walking while we were all walking down that road and we're like the sidewalk and I would see just guys stare at my mom's butt and I would get so annoyed and I would go behind her for to protect her from being seen, you know, in that in that way, and I would just look at the guys like with this with the stare, like, <laughs> uh, uh-uh, you're not looking at my mom, you know. I just, you know, that 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 vibe and that way that guys would look at my mom for me, it was just not appropriate, and it was it was a weird feeling for me. It was just not respectful. And I just hated it. And I was like, what is this? Why do I want to protect my mom so bad, you know? And it's like, my sister wouldn't see her. Or she would just ignore it. But I was like, why is it me that it's only that's only getting bothered by it? Mm. But I just know why I don't like that culture about Mexico that we're always looked at. It looks very sexualized way. So. Yeah, I mean, every time you walk from here to the gym, you're like, yeah, I got, like, whistled at, or, like, some guys, like, said yeah, something to you, or, like, come up to you and say, oh, hey, la, 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 whatever, yeah. and um, in the U.S., that's, like, not a thing, like, You I know think- what's funny? One day I went to, so, like, from, if you go to the mall here in Mexico, I'm kind of, like, fair, light skin, you know, not, like, super dark, and in Mexico, is. It's kind of, it's, they're better seen, mm. I guess. I don't know how to describe it. Yeah. Like, you just, you just stand out more. Right. I guess you guys can relate to that. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> but I would walk in the mall in Guadalajara, and I would get all this, you know, people staring at me. It's like, okay. And it gets to the point where you just ignore it, and you're just really used to it. But then I went to the States, Bellevue Mall. I was walking down the the mall, and then all of a sudden, I don't feel anyone looking at me, you know? I was like, wait, what's this? This is so different. This is so weird. It kind of, it hurt my ego a little. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow. You can't no, have it both no, ways. No, see, it's like the, <laughs> I was like, wait, this is hurting me. But wait, why is it hurting me? Is it just ego stuff? Mm-hmm. What, what's, what's going on? Does this mean like does this mean I'm less pretty or what's going on? Mm-hmm. And then I just realized people are more respect respectful because of you know there's so many cultures in just one one place. Hmm. So yeah, it's just like that day I was like, wait, this is weird. This is different. It feels <laughs> I want to be looked at. No, never mind. This is this is great because I love how just in the states in that sense you're. You feel more respected yeah cool well I, I think this is like a big part of who you are and just like your passion for truly being a human being like I remember early on when we first started talking you just like made a comment to me about how you saw me as just a person not necessarily like a male or like a guy or something like that yeah and I think the way you see the world um, in terms of just like we're all souls rather than yes. we are men and women. And just the other day I went to that all men uh, retreat yes. and you were not happy about that. <laughs> I wasn't sad yeah. or mad. 
but you we kind of like got into a little dispute uh, yes, over yes, and I was we and it, we can leave this topic after a bit here but I was just explaining when men specifically are less likely to share about their emotions generally um, we're told to be like macho bottle yes. it up type shit and when you get a bunch of men that are willing to be vulnerable like one yeah. guy there was like a, a navy seal dude there yeah the, I met him. the guy that you met yeah See. and like we're all just like willing to be open and honest like people that normally would like bottle stuff up feel more encouraged to let it out and i was making the point that if a woman yeah, was there yeah. the men might have been less likely to share and that's where i i think it's really sad and like, I was basically making the point that I don't think that's... It's just kind of the way it is. I don't, it's I don't find it It's the way it is, but since if we all saw each other as, as souls, yeah. how we are, yes, we have maybe a different, you know, um, how would you say, body that we transport our souls in, mm -hmm. but we essentially are just souls. Mm -hmm. And so just really, like, seeing our differences between, like, you know, male and female, it... It does like some people have it really ingrained in their minds that they they don't allow themselves to really be who they are just because of that. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it makes sense. You, uh, yeah, totally. I, just, <laughs> I didn't mean to like make this a big point, but yeah, I think men who are able to tap into their like feminine and like less like basically just not be too attached to the fact that they're a man and See. be able to feel the emotions. Yeah. And then women, on the other hand, who can tap into like the more masculine side. Yeah, yeah. I think that's really beneficial if you can do it Super. both ways. I, uh, well, you, you know me. And I, at first I struggled so much when I was younger of my identity, I would say. Because you thought you liked girls. Because everyone <laughs> thought I liked girls, but it was just, my upbringing was to this world and to my, like, my family. I always had a crush on my dad, you know? So I wanted to be like him. Mm -hmm. And then I had a crush on my brother and I wanted to be like him. I always wanted to impress him, you know? And I was a daddy's girl. Mm -hmm. So that created me, it created like a personality of me wanting to be like them. So it was more of a masculine personality, you mm -hmm. said, you know? And then I wouldn't be so compatible with girls that were super girly girls and you know I just I would I just decided to create a different personality and but that didn't mean that I like girls I was just I don't know I just felt more drawn to doing what guys were doing but not in a bad way it was just like a human really human way I would mm -hmm. say I don't know because sports sports are for everyone we know now you know um Anything you want to do, most well, most of the things that you want to do, I started with only guys. Now a woman can do it. Mm -hmm. So I, uh, yeah, I struggle a lot because people would just tell me, hey, you haven't had a boyfriend in three years. What's up? You like girls, but you just don't want to come out. It's like, no, I am really in peace with myself. I know that I don't need any, someone else to support my emotion side of, of my personality. I know as long as I have my family and I'm in tune with myself, I can be, I can sustain myself in this world in a, in a way mm -hmm. I can, I can exist, you know, and I yeah. don't need anyone else to kind of, to lean on for them to, how would you say, to 
Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that's like, you know, this, like one of the reasons I originally like fell for you, I was like, this girl doesn't need me at all. Like zero. You don't need anybody. Now you do. I want you. Hey, that's recorded. So we're going to replay that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So this leads transitions smoothly into talking about your passion for longboarding. For longboarding. See. And at the time, like just to set the stage, like talk to me about how common it was for girls to be longboarding, what age you were and like kind of that journey to find. uh, First of all, I don't even know how you like originally stepped on a longboard. And then huh. talk to me about your personal growth through your period of time okay. when you were longboarding. Because if anyone doesn't know this, your Instagram is at a, a, a longboard. And um, you talk a lot about just like how transformative that period of time was. So I think it makes a lot of sense to talk about that now. Yeah, I think in middle school is when or like your teenage. Well, middle school for us is three years. So it's same for seven us. middle school, seven, eight, nine for you. Well, for me, it was six, eight, six to eight. Seven, eight, nine. Yeah. Yeah. And then four years of high school. For you guys, yeah. Anyways. Anyways. That's teenage years when you're trying to discover who you are. Mm-hmm. Kind of go around and say, hey, I like this. I don't, you know, what, what fits me? And I was always kind of a little bit of an outsider in a sense, but I was always really involved with my community and with Why people. Why were you an outsider? Um... I always did what I wanted to do and I was just not following the crowd (laughs) so but still I was really really involved in the community of just like people that were cool in in my in my classroom (laughs) (laughs) but um, so actually it all started one day in my house listening to music as I always would do and still do. Oh, you like music? Uh, Kind of, yeah. I think I'm a little drawn to music. (laughs) Anyways, um, and I created this, mm, how would you say, uh, I forgot the word totally. Um, Persona identity or something? See, identity, and Uh I always had to be like super fashionable, Mm. but really almost kind of indie type, you know? Mm. So I was like, well, if I come out of my house and I'm not dressed like like how you should like to dress, people are not going to think that I'm this way. You know, I was kind of categorizing myself to just be one, like, very small, you know, um, how do you say, person. I would, or just one, yeah, anyways. <laughs> so I was uh, one day listening to music and I see this really pretty girl in her bicycle, just riding her bicycle. She was dressed super cute, just nice pink lipstick. Her bicycle is like that type of swish or what? Like was a it? cruiser style, kind of. Yeah, like... just like really cute, 70s, uh-huh. you know? I was like, wow, she looks so pretty. And I worked so hard to create this identity. I was like, whoa, like, this is too much pressure. This is too much for me. I need to put a lot of thought into what I want to wear, what I accept it to, like, that group of people. Mm -hmm. Like, if I maybe want to wear something else, it's not, like, that specific style. 
I'm not going to be super accepted. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, this is too much. I'm going to, I would he- like go outside with my f- friend group and then would be self-conscious of what I'm wearing. I would, you know, it's like, I, I don't think I want to deal with this anymore. It's taking a lot of my energy. And I was listening to Janis Joplin. And then I had, I was still listening to uh, CDs. <laughs> yep. So it was one of Rihanna, I think, Good Girl Going Bad. <laughs> yeah. Her cover picture was kind of cool. And then, like and it was. Black and white? Wasn't it black and white? No, no. I think it was in a tree, and then she had all this colorful, like, okay. whatever. Yeah. And then Janis Joplin, and like the best of Janis Joplin. So she, it was like her cover picture was just her in a concert, just wearing not much and kind of like being that picture had a sense of freedom you know and i stood there with two cover pictures in front of me i said what do i want to do who do i want to be where what does my soul really want do i want to stress about what i'm going to wear who i'm going to impress or do you want to make myself happy and just be free it's like yep I'm going to be free. And I stick with Janice Joplin and I play that thing out loud. <laughs> you know, as loud as I could. That's awesome. <laughs> and that's when I decided to kind of not worry about, even more so, because I didn't worry much about um, what other people thought about me, um, just because I was really, really happy with who I was. And I had other um, life experiences that most of the people around me had. So... Um, yeah, I was just happy to be myself, and I was going through another, to another path, and I caught myself and said, hey, hey, Alondra, don't do that, you know, just you, you were meant to be free like we all are, in a sense, in a way, just to be yourself, um, and making that decision, I met a lot of skaters, but for some reason, the skater culture wasn't my type or not. It didn't call me. Also, the skateboard, mm, it wasn't something that would call me. And then I remember one day I was, I was hanging out with a few friends, a few skateboarder friends. And then all of a sudden, I see this longboard. I was like, dude, what is this? Like, oh, this is a whole nother level. This is super cool. It's a longboard. You want to try it? I've tried to skateboard before, but I was just, I didn't enjoy it as much. I'm, it's not that I wasn't good. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, I wasn't good. But um, I just didn't enjoy it as much, so I didn't put much energy on learning. And then I stepped on that longboard. Everything was just way different, how everyone describes it. You just flow. And I like that, you know, I like to flow. <laughs> so I instantly fell in love with longboarding. And my friend said, hey, because I was like, man, this is super cool. I love it. Like, where did you learn how to do it? Who, who's your community? Where's your community? It's like, hey, this is super cool. On Saturday, there's going to be a competition. And I think it was like a Tuesday night where I was hanging out with them. And then it's like, keep it for the rest of the week. Learn how to just like cruise and I'll take you to the um event like okay down and it happened so on Saturday morning he um it was few longboarders 
that came to my house and picked me up. And already you could feel that vibe or kind of really people that just love life. A lot of laughter or like just people laughing, music, the energy was so different. Everyone accepted everyone else just the way they were. You didn't have to pretend who you were. And I instantly fell in love with the community as well. Uh, we went to this place, it's called, where is this, um, Guadalupe, and that's kind of like a hill that we would, they would do a lot of competitions there, and we just practiced to do a little bit of downhill, it was more like free ride, and as soon as I get there, I see people just very, you could see them all shine, you know, because they were so happy of what they were doing that they were just letting their inner light flow. And I was like, wow, this is cool. And eventually what happened, it was just, you know, I just fell in love with it. One thing that stuck with me is that in the skater community, most of them are really hard on each other. That's what I've seen. Mm. Not, I'm not saying everyone. There's, you know, it depends on where you grew up, but they're more like hardos. And what I saw with this community, it was that everyone was willing to teach and to learn as well and just support each other. If you didn't know how to do something, they would teach you with no ego involved. They would just say, hey, you can maybe improve if you do it this way. Or would you like to learn? Hey, I'll give you, like this guy, gave me the long work for almost a week just for me to learn. Who does that? No one wants to let someone else borrow a skateboard, you know? So just being uh, immersed into that community changed my world. Also, um, we would go to a lot of natural places and um, just not skateboard, but longboard. And we were all in love with nature. So that would help a ton. We would be in nature and just fool with adrenaline. <laughs> Man, that's life. <laughs> <laughs> well, I talked a lot. Oh, that's awesome. You can tell I really loved it. Yeah, for sure. It was sure. just fun. So yeah. how did, go a little bit deeper on like your personal, like internal transformation about how you felt about yourself? Because it sounds like, it makes a lot of sense to me, like what you're saying. And it's like crazy that I haven't really like gotten this granular on your like story even though we've been mm-hmm. together for almost a year I'm no <laughs> come on um, but no seriously that is one thing that I've learned from being with you being in Nepal being in Mexico is that our American culture is always like one thing after the other very everything mm-hmm. you have to be productive moving from which is good thing it's to good thing to, to thing balance. yeah for sure it's good but also you have to be aware that if you do live like that um, you can miss out on like some of the beautiful things about life so a little bit more detail, por favor, around um, just like how that period of time transformed you, like what you took away personally beyond just falling in love with the community. Like what was it about longboarding that either empowered you to become more aligned with yourself or to unlock, um, like what, what are some of the major things that happened inside of your head? Well, I think at first is knowing that I could do it. 
I would just see guys and I was mostly, or most of the time I was kind of like the only girl. And knowing that I could do it, it would just, I would have this feeling of fulfillment and also the adrenaline. The adrenaline helps you a lot to get really hooked into something. Yeah. Um, especially as in a, in a young age, you know? And um, deeper, I don't know. It's just, I think just being, finally being part of a community that doesn't judge you. You know, and me being a girl in that community of just guys, I wasn't looked or I wasn't seen as someone incapable of. I was more seen as a huevo, you know? What does that mean? A huevo is kind of like, like, can I say bad words? <laughs> yeah, like, fuck, fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly that. <laughs> like, fuck yeah. A girl's doing it. It's like... It's insane. All, all guys at that age want a girlfriend or a friend that is able to 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 practice a sport that they're practicing as well. Mm-hmm. You know, it's more and more if it's like cool or badass. It's like, fuck, yeah. So that would encourage me a ton. And I think that's when I started to see myself. I think it, it, it all started when I was really young, but I, I wasn't sure of what was going on. But starting to see myself as just a soul and not as a human being. Because I would be with, I knew I was a woman, you know, I knew I didn't look like them. But every time I was with them, it felt so uncomfortable that they, it just made me feel like we were all souls in tune with nature, flow, and adrenaline. And we were, we were all together with this good energy. And, um, yeah, I think just being one of the first girls I started longboarding in Guadalajara, there was others. It was Liz, which now lives here in, in Nayarit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there were just a few others. But of just a few. and Yeah. yeah. So we, I think the community started probably 15, 20 guys. And like four girls. Mm-hmm. That was me. And then eventually a lot more girls started doing it, but because they would see us doing it. And we were, all the girls that would do it, we were kind of like on the same page. Like we knew we were women, we knew we liked guys, but we weren't totally married with the idea that girls should stay at their nails so long doing you know it's like i just did it i know <laughs> but time has changed at that time i wasn't interested no but um just like stay at home with your girlfriends yeah. talk about who do you like who do you don't like mm-hmm. this girl talked about me oh what a bitch you know no i that would make me so bored mm-hmm. so i would go and do what guys were doing and finally i found something that was really it's also noble in a way. Like it, w- it didn't harm anyone. That sport didn't harm anyone. Even though sometimes say, hey, skaters are just, you know. Skaters and like graffiti in the US. Like, sk- See, I don't know. Sk- for no, me, and we've talked about this. No, it's a culture and yeah. it's fine. But not everyone, that's, that's something different as well that uh-huh. I saw with longboarding. Not everyone that did longboarding were 
total losers in a sense. I'm not saying anyone's a loser yeah. or not. That was my perspective. Like, I know everyone, a, a lot of people have that perspective. It, obviously, it's a generalization and stereotype. See. But like when, when I think about like the guys at the skate park, see. like when I was in high school, those were like the druggies. Uh-huh. Is that the same in Mexico? Sí, totalmente. And longboarding like wasn't about that at all. Obviously they smoke and yeah. obviously they, yeah. you know. But they're not but like, they're not like most of wearing the people like emo were, were still in school. Yeah. Working. You know, they were still focused on something greater than just longboarding in a sense. Mm-hmm. That they did that as their hobby and their way to maintain their souls alive. You know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and just starting I think also what kept me coming back with longboarding, it was that adrenaline closer to to um, nature and then flowing. Also the acceptance of people, mm-hmm. seeing myself as just a soul and not as genders. genders. <laughs> um, also, I'm going to go back to genders anyways, but seeing girls that could... That would that were willing to do it. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Sometimes I would come and see a girl, an, another, a new girl, just longboarding. I was like, "Hey, I'm so happy you're doing this. You know, we have to expand this community. Girls can do it too." Mm-hmm. And in Guadalajara, it wasn't as popular when I started, and just the importance of being the few girls that were willing to do it. And didn't care about what other people said about us. It's like, no, you're a girl. You can't do it. It's like, well, I'm, you know, different times. Sorry, Ben. You know, it's like, sorry to disappoint you, but I want to do it and I'm going to do it. And I remember this day we were in a competition. It was, it's far from Guadalajara, probably like an hour and a half. And I was going down a hill And there was this truck, you know, like the trucks, and they have people behind the trucks, just like standing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, people that are listening to this probably have never seen that. So, like, describe what you're talking about. It's just a like a pickup truck in a road Uh full of people in the front and the back, and they are kind of their rides. Yeah. So that's how people transport sometimes. A lot of times to work. To work. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be like 12 people in the back, all standing too. There's like a high, kind of like high fence in the back. Hilarious. That one didn't have the fence. They were like Uh sitting, kind of sitting on the, you know, Uh the pickup, the the behind pickup, whatever. The bed, yeah. Yeah. And I just hear this, es una vieja, you know? (laughs) It's like, it's a girl. It caught my attention, but I, I was like going down a hill trying to do like a, which is like a power slide, just like, you, you know, people know. A power just, slide on a longboard going fast. Yeah, I think people can figure out ah, what that okay. is, but it's fucking insane. I was trying to do that. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's kind of, you, ha- you need to put a lot of attention there and if commit. you get distract. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's bad, but I just heard that in the background, did the power slide and then get up and then I see all these people pointing at me <laughs> like if it was from another universe. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's a girl. What's, you know, well, who cares? Mm-hmm. And then that's when it hit me and I realized like, yeah, I'm a girl doing this. So different from what people are used to. 
So this initiative of me just encouraging girls to do it was something I needed to do. You know, it's like a lot of girls would come up to me and it's like, oh, can I try longboarding? You know, can I use your board? Yeah, of course, you can use it. It's like, oh, I'm like, do your parents support you? Or you do it like in the low, kind of like low key and don't tell your parents like, no. Honestly, I always had the support of my mom, especially. My mm-hmm. dad was like, oh, cool. You look really nice on that board, you know? And my mom was like, yeah, you go, girl. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like something major, but it's a sport that really changed my perspective of life in life. And yeah, I, I think that's when I started encouraging more girls. Sometimes I would come to this place, which is called La Minerva, which is in Guadalajara. And it was... Oh, Every Saturday, Sunday morning, we were all gathered there to go and um, longboard somewhere else. And I would see new girls, and they would hug me. Alondra, how are you? I was like, I don't know who you are, but I'm so happy that you're here. You know, it's like it became this thing where they would tell their parents, "Hey, mom, look, there's another girl doing it. I'm not gonna get super hurt, you know, because they didn't care if the kids or like guys." got hurt or scraped their knees or something but if their little girl you know that happened to their little girl they would act in a different way mm. I was like no we're all humans we all need to scrape their, our knees to enable for us to learn or like you know to learn how to be better to know to know how to be greedier and just putting ourselves out there if we're all just stuck in a cage of uh, you know, like, mom, my little princess can't do anything because she'll get hurt. It's like, okay, well, then she will get hurt eventually. Life is going to hurt her really bad, you know? But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well said. But, yeah, I think, I don't know if that answers the questions that you had. Definitely. It wasn't as deep as my, maybe you thought it was going to be. No, good. no, no. It was <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah, it's cool to, like, kind of, hear and understand like why you really got a lot of value out of it and like I know when we go mountain biking um which was something that you had never really done before this year Mm -mm. you would see other girls like out there on the mountain bikes which is kind of a similar thing I mean there's plenty of girls plenty of women out there on the mountain bikes but it's Mm -hmm. it's rare still like 90 whatever percent of the people up there are guys Mm -hmm. so like to see a girl like up there in the rain like knee pads on like I just know that that would always excite you oh yeah you would uh vibe with them real fast like yeah let's go like getting after it and I think like to draw like a parallel between what I was talking about in terms of guys need to tap into their more feminine side and women need to tap into their more masculine side Mm -hmm. in order to like a be better for the world but also just like be happier yeah thank you for bringing us back there yeah, <laughs> yeah this is I what i forgot. do yeah um, <laughs> like there's a parallel between like women being grittier physically and like going to do See. these sports and guys being like more emotionally available and See. i think the world just benefits from us like realizing See. that um we don't have to fall into these like norms that are created exacto it's super cool that we live at this time when mm-hmm. this is like a normal thing. If we were having this conversation like 20 years ago, people would be like, what the fuck are you talking about, you know? Um, so Maybe yeah. 20 years ago wasn't as bad, eh? 20 year, years ago, there's a, there's a lot of open-minded people. Yeah. That's why we have yeah. the change that we have now. Sure, yeah. Um, cool. But still, I get, I get your point. Yeah, I'm just, I, I like to... Um, 
like kind of just connect the dots throughout the conversation? Yeah, I had to just embrace that I was, because I would go home and tell my mom, you know, <laughs> okay, this is, <laughs> I would dump my boyfriends because I wanted to go longboarding. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I and would. Have, so you never dated the longboarders? No. No. Because I, I, I like to keep everything really separate. Like mm-hmm. my school was one thing. My social life was another thing. Sport. And then my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. You know? And kind of maybe that was a mentality that my parents put into us. You know, they told us, hey, you you need to keep everything separate. Otherwise, certain emotions or certain problems get linked into things that you maybe not want to deal with. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay. And that's why it was easier to just dump <laughs> so No, funny. no. So I remember this this day, I a boyfriend was gonna pick me up my house at I don't know what time to go to the theaters and watch a movie. Boring. And, <laughs> and then my friends all of a sudden showed up. It was probably like five friends that I really loved. And they showed up with their longboard say, hey, Alondra, we're gonna go longboarding. I was like, well, I'm supposed to see my boyfriend in like an hour and a half, but I can't, you know? It's like, oh man, what do I wanna do? Let's go! It's like, fuck yeah, okay. <laughs> I was like, mom, if my boyfriend calls, tell him we're, we're gonna go to, uh, what is it? Oh, to my grandma's, and we're gonna just be there and I can't really go to the theaters with him mm-hmm. and I went longboarding my mom was the only time that she said yes and then she said hey if you're gonna do this either you tell him what's gonna happen or don't be lying I don't like to <laughs> I don't like for you to lie That's or hilarious. just you know just be real with yourself what do you really want I want to longboard <laughs> 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 and then I would yeah I would just not have boyfriends because I was so I was just so happy, you know? I didn't need anyone else. I just needed my longboard to to be happy in myself. Just being in tune with myself was the greatest gift of all. Dun, dun. See, and that's when I, I came in peace with mm, having that balance of my masculine and feminine side. Mm-hmm. I think you have a great balance. Thank you. Yeah. Um. The first time we ever hung out was See. snowboarding. I was skiing, you were snowboarding. See. And uh, a lot of what we like to do is just around like outdoor sports. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, both of us share that passion for sure. Um, I was going to just say that I was never a bored person, as you know, uh-huh. before this. And I just want this for the record that you are the reason that I ever oh. stepped on a board. First, a longboard. Um, last, like, whatever, no March. Cierto. What? Sandboard. F- well, first thing we did was longboard. I never... We s- we went to Oregon, and we did sandboard, and then we longboarded. No, 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 no. No? We were on the longboard before we ever sandboarded. Sorry. Oh, yeah. This, so, yeah, we went to Oregon Dunes and, like, sandboarded down these big hills, which See? was crazy. I feel like I'd maybe be able to be a little bit better now. Probably, yeah. Um, and then longboarding, and now, like, we've been surfing as well. See? And I want to spend some time in this conversation, like, describing to people that listen to the podcast, like, what the heck we've been doing down here in Mexico. In Mexico. <laughs> so, I've been doing a lot. I've been doing a lot of chilling. 
No, that's not true. <laughs> You've been going to the nail salon. Getting, <laughs> kidding. Twice. Yes, um, twice. So let's go there. Like, why did we, this is the question I get asked all the time. Why, <laughs> did how did we end up down here? You can tell the story and I'll fill in the gaps, but I think it's okay. kind of funny. The raw story? The raw story, the real the story. The raw story. Yeah. Okay. Well, you weren't help. We needed to move to the rental house of so our parents. We lived in Kyle's parents and just papas. Yeah, like in a, a house. house that they own. See? Sure. We needed to get out of that house, mm-hmm. and you weren't putting much effort on looking for a place. No, not at all. You were. I was putting a little. <sighs> <laughs> A little, not enough. Okay. I wasn't excited Describe about a like, little. I just didn't want to move to Capitol Hill. Okay. See, no, but I was, I didn't want to move to Capitol Hill necessarily. Like it was just places that I was finding, you okay, know? Okay. Okay. Let's see. Yeah. It's all good. Anyways. So I wasn't helping at all in see. terms of like finding a new place. You were just kind of like getting pissed because see, I was just and like especially not being at, cause I moved to your, the, the rental house with mm-hmm. you. You convinced me. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I let myself get convinced, but um, my all my stuff was what was stored in one little room, mm-hmm. and I just felt really overwhelmed because my whole life was just in one little room, so disorganized. Mm-hmm. So I needed to move out of there ASAP, and you didn't have the same urge because you were so comfortable <laughs> in your little home. Yeah, I mean, I, why would I want to leave? We See, had a sweet little setup yeah, going yeah. on. Yeah. For sure. But for me, it was such different story. Right. So I started looking for places. You were not interested in looking for places. And I just was a little bit, not overwhelmed, but I was a little disappointed because at that time, we were now like really going forward in our relationship. So mm-hmm. I was like, well, he's not supportive of this. What else is he What is? Yeah, exactly. So I was really annoyed. And my friends, Juan Pablo and Osvaldo, were really helping me, going out of their ways to help me. I was like, wait, my partner can't even do that? What my friends are doing? Am I supposed to date my friends or my, you know, what's going on? And then I just got really frustrated. One night I told you, hey, if you, you know what, I'm tired of this. I'm not going to look for any other place. I see that you're very comfortable and it's not... I'm not opposed to you being comfortable. It's your life. It's what you want to live. But I don't want this for my life. So I'm going to go to Mexico. What did okay. I say? No, no. Don't leave me. Wait for <laughs> Fuck me. Off. <laughs> In that tone of voice. See, no, don't leave me. Not true. Okay, maybe a little bit true. Maybe a little, yeah. But you did. But I said, let me come with you. See. So now we're here. Now we're here. That's a true story. I'll give it 90% true. Por qué? Because I was putting some effort in to like, okay, we don't need to go down this like route. No, let's do it. But I, I was... I people to really get to know who you were. I was open. Kidding. As soon as you were like, yeah, I'm moving to Mexico. I was like, I like looked around. I was like, I mean, it took me like five seconds to be like, oh, I could like still work. Obviously I was worried about the internet, See. but like we figured it out. You no, had yeah. friends. Your friend helped us find the place, which was huge. And, and I finally realized at that moment, I was like, oh, it wasn't about like me, him not wanting to help. It was just that he was not excited about moving 
am like signing a 12 month lease. Yeah, for $2,000 a month. Exactamente. So then I was like, oh, totally clicked. That's why, honestly, that's why I let you come with. Because you realized I wasn't like that out of line? See. Uh huh. I was like, oh, I get it. But he was just not really putting time to think about things in really like deep mm -hmm. and taking the time to tell me what was going on. You know? Yeah. You were just busy in your own little world, going on your bike rides and <laughs> editing your podcast, which you have to do and it's okay. And meeting up with friends, having a few phone calls here and there, but not having time. Okay. Okay. Okay, anyways. I just think it's funny that, like, the truth of the whole story is that, like, you were going to go to Mexico with si, or without me. Si. And I was just like, no, take me with you. And so si. here I am. And then I realized that you were up for adventure and you were up to go to a different country and willing to. It was just not going to be a comfortable place for you and you still wanted to come. I was like, wow, this is cool. I love it. I love the attitude and... We're not here happy in Mexico. It's been fantastic. See, si. I've improved my Espanol a little bit. See, si. um, and I've spent a lot of time just like in conversations that I can understand like ten percent of the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like thinking back between like the first time I met your family in Guadalajara and now, um, I think. Oh yeah, you did tell me. Like two of my biggest goals of coming here were si. like improve my Spanish mm -hmm. a bit, and. Like, and kind of like tangentially to that, just like learn a little bit about this country that's like right next to the US that we almost know nothing about. Yeah. And uh, two was like to learn how to surf, which yeah. we've done both of those things. So like, I, as far as I'm concerned, like this has been mission accomplished uh -huh. and I could totally see myself like coming back and spending more stints of time in yeah. Mexico in the future. Um, but maybe describe like, like what our place is like, what Bucerias is like. Oh, I want to tell you something yeah. actually before that. Uh -huh. And also one of, there's a lot of major things why I was so stoked about you coming. And one of them, of course, the adventure, your company, and all the challenges that we were going to overcome together. Mm -hmm. But for you to see my country. Because I would always tell you how or talk about my country in such a beautiful way. Mm -hmm. And I would always tell you wonderful things about it. Obviously there's ups and downs in every country, but I just love my country. And people sometimes don't realize how beautiful Mexico could be. And that's what I really just like about news and media. Movies, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because in the States, when I moved, I've told you the story so many times when I moved to the States and then um, I don't look like a typical or stereotype Mexican. And I would talk to people from other places of, you know, other countries, especially or more Americans. And then they would say, oh, you're so pretty. You're so cute. I love your accent. Oh my gosh, this, that. And then where are you from? Mexico. And I would say he's so happy, you know, it's like, yes, my country's so fucking cool. And then, oh, kind of like it with a disappointment. Oh, like you're from Mexico. It's like, yeah. It's like, oh, and then all of a sudden I would, I would feel this like rejection in a sense. 
like, wow, I didn't know how shallow you were and how ignorant you are mm -hmm. as well. You know, it's like, it's so sad. Maybe we've created this culture as Mexicans moving to the States that like, there's nothing to see in Mexico, but um, it was just that part of me wanting people to get to know my country, you know, and see it through my eyes. Obviously, everyone has their eyes and, you know, everyone has a different background. So I'm going to have a different experience, but at least see a little bit of what I see and the beauty of it. So that's why I was really happy. And tell us about your experience a little. Oh, wow. I'm excited to hear. Well, somewhat like, <laughs> like jokingly, somewhat. I've told you this, but my perception of Mexico, like we have our perceptions of places that we haven't been are always flawed. My perception of Mexico was it's just like dirt and like, like mm -hmm. kind of like high plains, like plateaus of just like mountains and dirt. See. And so to come down here and to see Oaxaca and like the culture down there, like the beautiful like lagoons and the jungle, even the jungle here in Bucerías, and then to go to Guadalajara and see the mountains mm -hmm. and like the guachimontones, guachimontes, see guachimontones, guachimontones um, ruins. Like si. there's just like I said earlier, there's just like so much richness of culture and history si. and outdoor. Like I'm a big outdoors person, so are you? Yeah, I mean, like of course, I yeah. Think, I was just being sarcastic. No, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not. Yeah. Anyways, um, the best thing that the U.S. has going for it is it's like national parks is it's public sure. lands, like outdoor places. Yeah. And I would say the same thing about Mexico, like the natural resources, like there's just so much fertile land. And um, I think like we drive from here to Guadalajara See. and there's like all, like it's just like a beautiful drive the entire way. See. And if you like fast forward, I don't know, some years in the future, like I just think there's a ton of opportunity for like more growth in terms of hiking and mountain biking and all these like, sure. different outdoor sports, which are clearly becoming more popular. But yeah. Um, yeah. And then like just the the community here in Bucerías has been super warm and welcoming. Mm -hmm. We're a couple like a block away from that coffee shop and the people there are so nice. Like the woman today was um, showing me these like chocolate circle things that she made, which we should maybe get one tomorrow before we go to on the plane. Um, ah, see the ones that they put in the coffee and yes, it melts. Exactly. Yes. yes. Uh -huh. Um, and like we have the Bucerias cafe downtown, like see. a couple of blocks away. So we, we live here, um, one block off the main road. Mm -hmm. We're like 40 minutes from Puerto Vallarta, 20 or 30 minutes from like San Pancho, which is also known as San Francisco and see, Sayulita. Um, really close to Punta de Mita. So Bucerías is just this like, like you have Let to understand, yeah. like I had no idea what I was getting into when I came down here. It was just like, oh, 7,000 people in this little town, not really sure what it's like. like I had literally my, uh, like my vision of what we were coming to was just like, I was just, it was just uncertainty. So okay. like when we showed up and like we walk into this beautiful place and it's like, like kind of like a classic, like there's Pretty high ceilings, brick on the wall. Yeah. Um, like really nice Very place. rustic. And like... Is that how you say it? Rustico? Rustic? Like a lot of yeah. wood and stuff? And like this is kind of like a... I would say like a like a traditional Mexican home. Okay. In some ways. In some like ways, in, yes. It's like a nicer place. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I just was like, whoa, this is where we're living. Like this is going to be great. Great space, yeah. And we're three minutes from the beach, so... Yeah. 
don't know. I just think that, and it kind of opens me up to talk about and to ask you about it too, but, um, spending like an extended period of time in a place you uh-huh. can actually get to know it. If we came for one week, we would like many people just go to a resort, maybe stay at an Airbnb, Jeez. like go to Sayulita for a day, go to the, you know, but actually mm-hmm. coming here and experiencing like the, just the day to day life has been so Jeez. amazing. Um, and there's so many like-minded people too, that come here for similar reasons, especially like during this time in COVID when people are like freaking out, fuck man, these masks and just want to like have some freedom. So you come Mm -hmm. to Mexico and you get to actually like, we're about to go to a restaurant right after this and have dinner and we don't need to bring our masks, you know, which is pretty sweet. Um, so (laughs) a lot of, uh, a lot of benefits and a lot of awesome, like, I don't know. I just, I've really enjoyed it more than I can express in a few words. So thank you for asking. (sighs) You're welcome. But tell me like you, you haven't really been to Bucerias either. So no, I was about to tell you that. Yeah. I, I think I maybe heard of Bucerias once or twice. That's it. But I would always stop in San Pancho when I was like in my teenage years, when I was longboarding. Also, we would go to San Pancho and Sayulita, kind of like that surfer vibe. So we would go and every like long weekend we would spend two nights and either San Pancho Sayulita and I would just be there and then with my parents we would go to Puerto Vallarta, mm-hmm. Nuevo Vallarta and I would never go in between or Punta de Mita, you know, but I would never come to Bucerías and when we were looking for the places to move in, we were looking in San Pancho and then we saw Sayulita was just like insanely, well it's, it's expensive Relatively to other. Relatively, yeah. Sí, exactamente. Mm-hmm. But I went last year and it wasn't as... I don't want to... It's beautiful still. But when I... I used to go like 10 years ago mm-hmm. or some, some years ago, it was way different. Mm-hmm. It had more of a really town vibe mm-hmm. now it's super crowded a little bit dirty very dirty yeah it's it's not welcoming anymore for me mm-hmm. and touristic see and then i told you hey sayulita you know what let's not do it maybe san pancho san pancho still has that vibe mm-hmm. and i like it but then i thought my friend nayeli lived in san pancho that's why i texted her I was like hey i'm looking for a place in near the beach where i just stay in san pancho I was like no I live in, in Bucerías, and it's a really cool town. You should come here. It's super nice and just quiet. And she helped us out to get this apartment. So I was really happy about that. And, yes, we came here, and we got what we wanted, a quiet place. And then we can go and search for if we want, which is rare. But when we want nightlife, we can go to either Vallarta or Sayulita. But most of the time, we like to keep it quiet in our lives, in a, in a way, you know, not mm-hmm. much nightlife. We like to so get up at 5.30 and go surfing rather than stay well, up. Well, like till. you like to get up at 5.30. I enjoy the process after you wake me up. <laughs> I still wake up. You do great. Si, si. We, like, I think the beautiful thing about, like, this morning, we were in si. the ocean, only oh, yeah. us fantastic sunrise See, i think what motivates cool. me is watching the sunrise uh-huh. that's the only thing with your feet dangling in oh the water oh my gosh yeah it's such amazing. a fantastic feeling just the sand the sand 
See and then you got feet. slammed on a rock today. Let me take a Owie. pee, and then yeah. I am gonna. We're gonna keep rolling. Okay, we're back. Um, I've had Montezuma's revenge three times. What we see? It's been brutal. Brutal. My my American stomach, and that's actually funny. I say American. I still catch myself doing that. But we're all Americans. We're all Americans, and. Uh, I'm glad you learned that. From so happy. <laughs> now I, I distinguish between Americans and U.S. Yeah. People are like, where are you from? Like, if you say America, like, that could be Canada. That could be Mexico. Like, that could be any. Colombia. Yeah. That could be South America. Shit, you're right. Sí. The Americas. Sí. Yeah. Um, we've kind of taken that one. The U.S. is kind of See, taken. it's kind of weird. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we're going to take over this, the name of all the countries. There's something about like, especially like further back in history, just like sí. taking ownership of certain words. Sí. It's like a power thing almost like something to like show your dominance as a culture. And I think now, um, as the world is becoming just like more one, that's hopefully like starting to unravel. Um, but yeah, I, we're just like, let's talk a little bit more about our adventures here in Mexico. And I'm gonna ask you like what your what's been your favorite thing? Favorite thing mm -hmm. here in Mexico? Mm -hmm. There's been a ton. Oh my gosh, the sunrise and going to Chacawa. Oh my god. See, si. best thing Describe ever. Describe it and maybe we'll make a little video. I think you make. <laughs> you, <laughs> oh yeah, you do have footage for I it. I have some good footage. Um, you do better off describing. You do it. No. Okay. Well, I would. I sure will. <laughs> you give me the opportunity. Um, so we went to Oaxaca. Um, our friend Clarence, his wife lives in Puerto Escondido, Tona. You can say it better, my Come on. Puerto Escondido. I don't Muy know. bien. Puerto. Mejor. Puerto. There you go. Um, so we had the opportunity to visit Tona to get to meet her. Um, Finally, after all the stories. incredible that human Clarence being. Told us. Clarence yeah. is so awesome. We spent oh four gosh. or five days with him in Idaho, and they're amazing. They're just like really special people. See. Si. Um, some of those people that you're just like, you just feel lucky to know to them, them and be part of their si. life. Yeah. Definitely. Um, and also just kind of like a mentor. I think both, we would consider them both like mentors in some way. Like, oh, yeah. People. Such different ways, but. Yeah. Definitely mentors. Um, yeah. And like when someone's like later in life, let's just say they're willing to share the wisdom that they've learned throughout their life. Like mm -hmm. being open to like taking wisdom from those people is so huge. Like that's just been a huge foundation for me. I love talking to older people. For sure. I do too. Um, I love talking to all people for sure. All people? I'm not an age discriminator, but sure uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. But yeah, I, uh, we had a fantastic time in Puerto Escondido. We went to go surfing one day, show up to the beach. We walked down that huge staircase, if you remember. I don't remember the name of the beach, like Manzanilla or something like that, whatever. Um, and we get there, and there's, like, tiny little waves in this little tiny cove, and it's, like, 40 people out on the waves. <laughs> Just, like, a shit show. Every, every single wave is, like, four or five people. What's up? No, it was, it was okay. a shit show. I do like I mean, to exaggerate. It was, yeah, it was like 20 people. Whatever. Just 20, like 40, same thing. There's 30 people. People are imagining <laughs> we'll say 30. crowds. No, you know? there was. What do you mean? I mean, yes. People were like almost crashing. It was like dangerous. I mean, yeah, I'm kidding. Okay, it was um, a little dangerous for sure. Too many people there. We decided not to surf. This random guy came up See? to us, Donovan. 
this like random dude comes up to us on the beach and you know when some random person i think especially in mexico like when some random person comes up to you your natural instinct is just like no gracias don't want to hear am. it the beach in mexico for sure yes in the beach in mexico like see si. you want cocaine you want marijuana <sighs> No, especially if you're a gringo. Especially if you're a gringo. <laughs> I mean, they just target you Sorry, if you're guys. a gringo. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this dude comes up to us and he's like, oh, you guys going to surf? Like, do you want a lesson? We we're like, no, there's way too many people. We have no interest in that. Um, and one of the reasons why there was way too many people was because like shit was closed down because of COVID. Exactly. The day we got there. The day we got there, everything closed. closed. So then yeah. everybody was funneled the next day. Yeah. to the municipality next door, which Sweet. had like one or two beaches that everybody was going to. Anyways. We end up like looking at Donovan's phone. He shows us some drone videos of See? this other beach. He's like, oh, like there's this other beach with less people. But what really sucked to you? About Donovan? See? I don't know. He was just like hitting on you. No, I'm kidding. That's how it sounded to me. That's yeah. how it sounded to me. Oh, For me, it was like, olas largas. You yeah. know, kind of like coming if you want to. Large waves. You know, tell. ¿Cómo se dice? Like if you want to sell it kind of thing. Yeah, uh-huh. you just say. Yeah. I love the way that cert, like, certain words are like the tone or sí. their phrase. Yeah. 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 I've been out there on the waves and like Donovan's voice has been in my head. Oh, that's largas. Um, so he told yeah, us about we it. We went to that fucking school beach. Amazing. Yeah. Chekawa. So we woke up like 4.30 a.m. the sí. next day. We told him, I literally paid him like 2,000 pesos on the spot. And I was like, here, man, get some gas, pick us up at our hotel. Sí. Um, he drove us. He was also greedy in the sense of like, Hey, if you want this experience, yeah. you're going to do it our way because you're going to see magical things. And we did. I, literally one of the best days of my life. I, I agree. So we get like maybe a 45 minute drive to this little tiny town. It's just a funny. Oh, yeah, like, the name of the town. I don't know the name of the town, but we show up to this. It's like a little fisher town. It's see. inside a lagoon. So it's not like exposed to like the ocean, but it's like see, close to it. Uh-huh. We show up and we're in the back of the car. I was like not feeling that good. I feel like I don't know what it was. You didn't rest. I well, didn't, we didn't rest. That's well. it. Yeah. And our ride for the boat was just like missing in action. Like, where is this guy? We're supposed yeah. to get like a ride on the boat. No, the thing is that um, Donovan uh-huh. didn't have his number uh-huh. the day prior. Classic though. This is just thing. like how Classic things go. Classic Mexico is like, you know, things work on, on the same day. They'll work out, you know, mm-hmm. don't, don't tell me what time, mm-hmm. don't help me like, don't ask what time, they'll just work out and chill. It does tend to work out. See? Things do work See? out down here. It just sometimes takes a little bit of time. So we're driving around, like checking, we're trying to find this dude who's going to like give us a ride on the boat. We end up See? finding him. We like wake up his mom or his ex-wife or something. On the I way. think it was his ex-wife. <laughs> we wake her up and then he says, no, oh, he lives in another, in another like little uh-huh. house back there. Try to wake him up over there. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. And then we head and we, we eventually get a hold of him. Yep. And then you take over the story from here. No. Basically, we get on this little tiny boat with an outboard engine and we start cruising out into the lagoon and it's like the sun is just rising. So we're out there on this. Oh, see. It's almost like a lake. It's really flat because it's like a protected area. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and, and also really early in the morning, the only people that were out there were the fishermen that would yeah. go at maybe like at 3 a.m. and just try to catch fee- fish. Shrimp, a lot of shrimp Shrimps, fishermen. Yeah. And then so we get into that little river area, kind of like a connection between like the... Ma- like the manglares, the, What's it called? Manglar? Manglares? The mangroves. See. Sí. Yeah. So we're ripping like... Oh yeah, he was going fast. Going fast through this like narrow passageway kind of between the lagoon. And we would come around a corner and there would be like some dudes with their shrimp nets in the middle of this Mm -hmm. passageway. And at first he was going around and then he just like started just going right over their nets. And they're like, dude. But he would slow down. He would slow down. A little. Yeah, he would slow down and lift the outboard engine up so we could get over the net. Um, And... We get out to this beach in Chikawa and there's like nobody out there. Uh-huh. It's these people. There's no cell service. Like life is just, they live on the beach. They host tourists when they come and mm-hmm. they fish and that's their life. Yeah, fishing. And like seeing those kids fishing and just, I think kids are super capable down Definitely. here in Mexico. Like we've seen, especially oh, yeah. in those small towns that we've gone to, like we've seen these little dudes, like just five, six years old, like no adults around Around, like catching fish like with their little brother like showing them the ropes and i don't know i just think that stuff is so beautiful it's so beautiful and honestly like i feel like people that are my age and older got a little bit of that experience because i grew up like that sometimes i wouldn't have adults around and we do our thing you know we knew better what not to touch and what to touch you know Mm -hmm. that could hurt us that can't and if we fall well we fell. Let's and get ourselves out of there. You would like go to the store to get like booze or cigarettes for your mom <laughs> or like your family. Like in the U.S., they would never See? sell alcohol to like an eight-year-old, you know? No, yeah. And down in Mexico, they're just I like, oh, this is. See, for a beer, it's like, how would you call it? In, in the U.S., it's a 40, not? Like a bigger beer, like See, a 40-ounce 40 beer. 40, yeah. 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 So if uh, in Mexico, they're called caguamas. Hmm. And it was mainly my, my mom's part of the family. And it's like, hey, go for beers and then we'll get you some, you know, we'll give you some money because you went for beers. And yeah, we could, we could easily buy them. (laughs) It's just like wild. It is wild. There's so many little things like that in Mexico that are just, I don't know, like we just have padding and railings on everything and like rules in the U.S. to prevent like any potential like injury or like selling alcohol to an eight-year-old like yeah. what's wrong with that the kid's not even gonna drink it you know in the u.s i guess there's rules for a good reason in a lot of ways but Exactamente. yeah there's yeah that's they're good there's a balance to be there's had a balance i think if i was like the leader of the world i would kind of like look at mexico and be like, oh that works that works okay america has some a u.s hey don't let, don't call me out for that <laughs> The U.S. has some stuff going on that's <laughs> pretty cool. <laughs> um, and find a cool balance. And like I, nice. I yeah, like Chikawa. So Chikawa was awesome. <laughs> we rode Olas Largas. <laughs> and uh, had so just a fantastic day. Yeah, that was amazing. And then to go back and. It, I think it was one of the first days where I really like, you're always in a rush. We would go to La Lancha here uh-huh. in Nayarit. And I'm not always in a rush. Most of the time. And you would say, you know, I uh, we would go out there to the waves and we're like in the beach and try to catch waves. And then like, okay, we're going to do it for an hour, half, like hour, hour and a half. And then we're going to leave. Okay. And then we're going to have breakfast. Like everything's so scheduled out. And then 
for me, it was like, man, it's too, like, forced. You're pushing too much, you know? It's like, we're here at the beach. Let's just... We should just be. Uh, <laughs> no, no, but for you real, had things I to have, do. I have learned about just, like, not rushing because when you look back on life not to get too sentimental here, but yeah. you're not going to wish that you left the beach early See. to go get your projects done. Like, even though, yeah, you might not get as much done in that day or you might have to stay up a little later. It it's a balance. Like what anything. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it's just like, you can't be in leisure mode all the time, no, no, no. but you also can't be in work mode all the time. Uh -huh. So it's like, where do you find the balance for me? Yeah. I choose to, get some leisure and some work almost every single day. Like I yeah. don't like to go a full day without working at least like two or three, four hours. It makes because sense. Because then it's like, I, I get, I love like taking time for myself See? and like going and exploring and. But it feels like you're not moving forward. So it makes sense. Yeah. It's just something about like the goals that you have. If you feel like you're not moving towards them, then I start to get this like internal angst. See, and sorry. I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm not, like, doing what I really, like, told myself I would do. I'm, like, lying to See. myself in a way, so. Yeah, and you um, can't rely on yourself anymore because you're a liar to yourself. See? True. Okay. So, um, that's been one of the cool things about spending time down here in Mexico. Like, it just, things move a little slower. They, you get done when you get done. Um, but also, at the same time, I've said this to friends. They're like dude, you're sacrificing your career going down there. What are you doing? Like, you know, you're not going to move forward oh. in terms of your professional stuff. Okay. CJ was calling me after that. He's like, dude, talk about like lack of production. I'm like, bro, I've been down here. And especially in the first like six to eight CJ. weeks, we're here. Hey, CJ. <laughs> first like two months we were here, it was too hot during the day. It was like a hundred degrees every single day. So I would just be inside working and we would get like, I would get a workout in the morning or like go outside, maybe go surfing in the morning. And then in the evening we go down and recently we've been throwing the Frisbee a little bit on the beach, but, um, we will watch I've been super focused. Yeah. See. Both of us. And I think this, this trip has been fantastic because like we're not surrounded by family and friends and distractions and, uh -huh. um, it's been a cool time to kind of like reset, re-engage. And I'm excited that we're going back at the time See. we're going back. Yeah, Going back to Chicago, I think that was the first day that I saw you really like just being completely emerged to. How would you say like this lack Don't of sense it. of time? Uh. You were really in the moment. I was like, wow, I'm not. And I was being the pushy one, rushing things. Like, hey, we got to go back because we have dinner uh -huh. with Tona. Uh -huh. and, and you're like, no, but man, this is so I was so just having wonderful. such a good day. Oh, yeah, it was, it was great. It was one of those moments when I just knew that it was like a special moment. You see, know? And so I was see. like, man, like this is so good. And it was the first time that we caught like bigger waves. Ah, see. Like we were catching big you waves. You were doing well. Both of us. Yeah. We weren't really able to like carve and turn as much as we no, are No, but now. we were... Riding the olas largas. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. And then we met those Swiss people that we ended up seeing getting in La Lancha. The in world La Lancha. is so small down here. I mean. And we it, met the guys in the airport see? from Bellevue. That was bizarre. <laughs> but it all makes sense. I would ask, usually I ask, hey, why did you choose Mexico to travel? And they tell me their story, which is, I think, awesome. And I feel really flattered when people say I chose Mexico because of whatever mm -hmm. you know it's like oh this is awesome love it but then lately in in well in oaxaca all the people that were going to jali no i'm sorry nayarit mm -hmm. and they're all saying almost the same thing it's like 
it's the only place that you can go to, you know, like you can oh, travel yeah. to. Yeah. And then all the other countries are closed. Exactamente. Yeah. <laughs> so like now we went to Puerto Escondido, but Puerto, Puerto Escondido didn't have good internet. So all the people that were going to Puerto Escondido is because they wanted to work from home. Mm -hmm quote unquote and they would ha they didn't have good internet so they had to go to Nayarit so all of them had to come here so it makes sense and I was kind of disappointed just like yeah because it's the only country they can travel to yeah. I was like oh man but cool I'm glad we keep the doors open to you guys you know and I'm so welcome glad you to this amazing country Canada is like locked down. You can't even go there. I'm so sad. Like I was just talking to Justin the other day that he has a place up in Whistler. Like uh -huh. they literally have like a house up there. You can't, you can't go. Can't even go to no. his own house. Yeah. Wait, who told us this story about a person wanting to go to the to Canada, but they couldn't, even though they had a house there, but they were Americans or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Wait, who told us that? I don't remember Whit. No. No. Ah. <laughs> 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 no, that wasn't it. But yeah, it's kind of sad that you can't really like go to your other home because of this situation, the pandemic. Well, pandemic. hey, everyone listening, you're welcome in Mexico. <laughs> we could hey. learn a few things about how people in Mexico are. <sighs> yeah, for sure. So I have more to talk to you about. Perfecto. I'm here been, to listen. It's been calling me, but um, I want to ask you about music and like what it Musica. is, because it's such a crucial part of who you are. Yeah. Um, like, what is it about music and about connecting with sounds and energy that like, what is it about that that brings you joy or how do you use music and how do you think about like music in terms of like your life? Hmm. Very broad. Yes. I just wrote music on my notes. Music. There's a lot to be said about music. Well, Latino America, you know, Latins are just, or, yeah, we're just really submerged into this. I can hear the sirens so easily in here. Could you? That's music. You when can you, create when all you hear a siren, music. <laughs> when you hear a siren in Mexico, you know some shit's going down. Shit's going down. <laughs> if you hear in the U.S., it's because a kitty's trapped in a tree or yeah. something, you know. <laughs> also, we've been pulled over twice down here in Mexico. Nope. I saved you. You saved, saved us. us. Yeah, yeah, holy twice. shit. That was a good save. But it's, it's been reasonable. I haven't just, like, never given money. I could say that. I've never been corrupt in that sense. You've never been corrupt? You no. never just paid off a cop? No, 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 no. Is it pretty easy? Like, do oh, you know definitely. people that just like give the cops some cash and move on? Of course. It's a thing. It's a thing. It's totally a thing. <laughs> but I... I've tried to bribe a cop in the US, like almost. You get to jail. You I've go been to pulled jail. over and I've been like, bro, like, is there any other way we can deal with this other than a ticket? <laughs> Really? I've, I've said that to a cop wow. and they're just like, no, here's your ticket. And Mr. Mr. Blacked out Jeep, you can, you know, see you in court. Wow. Uh, I hate that. I hate the, I hate corruption here in Mexico. That's mm -hmm. why I don't support it. I also dislike people that are in, okay. The way 
things work in terms of like driving culture in, in Mexico. Mexico. Tell us about it. It's insane. <laughs> I mean, people do what they call suicide passing. <laughs> Straight up, like people will make. You just gotta live in the moment, you know, in the flow. If you're in the flow, you won't crash with anyone. I just, I, I want to ask, like, if anyone has the answer to this question, like, why would you pass on a corner where you can't see around the corner? Like, if you value life, one percent. Because yellow, you can do it, you know. But it's insane. Like, El golpe avisa. It's fucking insane. Yeah, so people will just like straight up pass around corners with no vision around the corner. Yeah, at all. our education or like the culture around how we drive is not. I mean, we saw that like girl laying face down on the ground. In the I middle. mean, it happens in the U.S. as well, so don't even. Yeah, no, people get injured all the of time. Of course, in motorcycles, like, all the time. Yeah, all the time for sure. But I feel like down here, it's like I don't know, things are just a little more dangerous. I don't know. <laughs> I don't fucking know. Yeah. We saw a girl face down in the middle of the highway. People were just like, oh my God, like, is she paralyzed? Like, what's... She was paralyzed. She She... couldn't move. So they put an umbrella on top of her so she wouldn't get burned by the sun. And they were waiting for the ambulance. Don't make fucking jokes. You're being serious? I am being serious. Oh my God. (laughs) Did you not see that? I thought you were joking about not being burned by the sun. No. That's what they were doing. She was no, no. She, she was laid in the in the middle of the uh, lane or yeah, the road, face down on the highway. Exacto. And they didn't move her body because she. They was didn't move her body because she couldn't move, and it's best for you not to move a body. Oh that, you know. Oh my god. So they put an umbrella on top of her so she wouldn't burn, be get burn or like have a sun, whatever. And they were just waiting for the ambulance in Mexico that shows up three hours later oh after god. you need them, and then. Ooh, yeah, people yeah. don't get injured here. <laughs> that was so bad. Um, man, Mexico. Although I've had really good experiences with ambulances. Ambulance, here? ambulances. Because you've had a couple injuries longboarding? See, I broke my collarbone twice, and then my, I don't know. Got some little... stitches on your chin? See, but that that wasn't as bad. That wasn't bad. See, no. You snapped see. your collarbone. See, twice. Uh-huh. And the cool <laughs> thing... <laughs> I wasn't even doing anything cool. I was just riding my board and then I fall. All of a sudden I hear a crack and Oof. I thought I was holding a yogurt, like, you know, in mm-hmm. my so you right wanna, you hand. You didn't want to lose the yogurt. And I thought it was a, the bottle of the yogurt, but it was my collarbone. Oof. Yeah. And I had a friend at the time who was, he was uh, um, studying for, like, talk, how would you say, traumatologo? Like, yeah. people that specialize in the bones. Orthopedic. I don't even know. <laughs> Anyways, he reached out and said, hey, you have a broken bone. I was like, no, no way. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't hurt. It's like, yes, you have a broken bone, so you need, we need to go to the hospital. And then the second time, it was my fault. It was, oh, uh, you have to not do any, like, hard work or just jump in a board before... I think it was like three months mm-hmm. or something like that. And you did. And I did. After a month, I was already, man, adrenaline. I was so addicted to it and the sport and everything. It was just my life in that moment. So I thought I was good enough to go out and longboard again. I fall and I break it and then the ambulance comes right away. Boop. They're there. It's like, wow. It's cool. I have a picture of me in the ambulance. Just happy. Wow. I've never been in the back of an ambulance. Thank God. Mm-hmm. 
you also had a long oh and also they don't charge four thousand dollars uh-huh. or five thousand dollars or like ten yeah or like yeah in mexico in mexico uh-huh. that's why they take their sweetest time <laughs> yeah. kidding anyways yeah mexico tell us what we were talking about like traffic and i've never been corrupt and i've always tried to tell them the maybe how they're not right and we're right we can easily like if you're not emerging with them yeah if you're not emerged like if you really don't know the culture you can miss out on a lot of things you know Mm -hmm. signs like you get a sign that oh there's gonna be a tope like a stop what is it called a speed bump a speed bump Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> I forget tope. English, sorry. Topes uh, and baches. Topes and baches. Man, baches are brutal. Baches. Yeah. <laughs> we, how many? We've gotten two flat tires. Two flat tires. Two baches. Of baches. Yeah. <laughs> One was really like What's the my translation of really bache? Dumb about it. But. What's the translation of bache? Bache, it's a crater. A crater. Uh-huh. It's not a pothole. It's a fucking crater. crater. It's like you could literally, if you jumped into that bache, you would be in China. See, I mean. Hold <laughs> 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 uh, on. That was dumb. When I was a kid, I went to the hospital with my mom one time. I had like, I don't even know, strep throat. I don't even know. And we were coming back from the hospital. It was like 3 a.m. And my mom tells this story funnier, but I just go. Mama, she's like, yes, Kyle. If you started digging a hole and you kept digging, would you get to China? Uh, that's cute. <laughs> so that's what made me think of that. Um, well, yeah, so the holes yeah, are big enough. The first flat tire we got was at least in, just to put your hand there and say hi, and then. Uh huh. <laughs> they're Anyways. huge. But yeah, we got a flat tire. I fixed my first flat. Just want to pat myself on the back. Fix oh, my first. Fix my Holla. first flat tire on the side of the highway in Guadalajara. Mm. We were just like taking With a like corner. Big semi trucks, honking driving, at us, yeah. freaking out. Yeah, we were right on the inside of this like sketchy corner, and you were driving, and all of a sudden there was a big <laughs> bache in the middle of the road, and you saw it, and you just swerved and went right into it. I tried not to, but I didn't swerve enough, or I could have just gone in the middle of it. But yeah, we were so close to missing. I didn't it. know the dimensions of that car. But Plus, it was, it was a shitty car. It was so. a shitty car. It was a rental car, and the rim of the wheel. Not only did we flatten the tire, the rim of the car was bent. See, like, totally destroyed. <laughs> the wheel and was just gone. And then we got charged an eye and an arm, or what do you say? An arm and a leg. An arm, an and, eye a leg. and an arm. Yeah, um, yeah, they. Rental car companies in Mexico, just like, if you can, just steer clear. So we bought a car, fortunately, See? which is so helpful because yeah. how are you, you really can't experience uh, all there is to offer without having a car down here. And if you Just anywhere want, you go, I yeah. feel like. If you're going to spend for... Certain countries. People can debate that. Like Europe, you don't need a car. Yeah. Like, you can just get everywhere by bus and train and Makes Switzerland, sense. whatever. Yeah, you can. Um, but, yeah, down here, you definitely need a car. I wanna but if you want to go to nature places, still, mm-hmm. in Europe? No, like, I'm telling you, you can take trains. Ah, see, what well, you can take to the, to to the, the Alpes. Yeah. Es correcto, yeah. sorry. Yeah. It's yeah. so awesome. Si, cierto. Yeah, I want to go to Switzerland. I haven't been, that's why I don't know. But then I hear the stories of my friend, Adrián. Mm-hmm. And he didn't have, own a car and he went to these beautiful places mm-hmm. everywhere. So it makes sense. They have like way different infrastructure. Sorry. But um, we took one cool trip out to the point, Cabo, Fabo Corrientes. Cabo Corrientes. Really Cabo cool. Corrientes. Talk to me a little bit about that. Like what it was like. 
Just a f- fisher town. A fisher town. See? But like describe it, like really describe like to someone who's listening, like what it was like to be there, what it looked like, what it felt like. It felt like, felt like a movie. No, it felt like just that typical, yeah, a typical movie that you see and people just go there to really um, kind of feel alive again mm-hmm. and don't keep track of time because it's like there's not much technology there's no gas stations within like how many miles so many like 50 or 100 miles i don't see. know yeah so many miles we almost ran out of gas see so it's just like dirt mm-hmm. roads dirt roads yeah very little like infrastructure like just People that rely largely on like fishing for their oh, food. Fishing. Like the majority of their food comes from like fish that they See. catch, which is and also super the community. Cool. They're so. I mean, it's not a big community, mm-hmm. but the small community. They're so close that they work together so well. Mm-hmm. Maybe they have the differences because we're all humans. But when it, you know, means like get to work, they get to work and they work really well together. Mm-hmm. We got to see a little bit of action. Of that, yeah. We did, See? yeah. Like when they were setting up the net on the See? beach. Going they were all working together. Yeah. Like maybe, I don't know, I'm going to exaggerate, but like 15, 20 people all working no, yeah, together. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Super cool. And then they all just like take the nets out right around sunset and like drop them for who knows what they're catching, fish or shrimp or crab or whatever. Yeah. That was probably like, for me, one of the highlights of the trip because it just felt like so unique like the experience yeah. was so unique like we were the only tourists in that area there was not a single other like white person in like True. 400 kilometers maybe like 200 kilometers yeah and i just felt like i don't know there's just something about like seeking that for me is so it was special. Also special well how we did it we did it by a car mm-hmm. um and a lot of people take pangas which is like the small boat mm-hmm. because it's best to not work for it and just like have it easy Although I do think having the banga ride would be really pretty as you well. You think we could take a boat to that same spot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In like less time, probably. And yeah, way less time. Uh-huh, we but drove the experience so that we had, it was great because uh-huh. we we got to see maybe a lot more. Mm-hmm. You know, there's um, like people walking their horses on the highways. Like we're out in like farm kind of land out see, there. It was really land. cool. Yeah. 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 And then we hiked place. to that lighthouse, which was fantastic. See. The hike, okay, so when I moved, there's a lot of things that, you know, contrast. And for me, hikes, I was more used to that, actually. That, that kind of like a road, hike. that type of Not hike. Not like a real trail. Exactly. Like- and then when I moved to the States, I was like, oh, we're going to go on a hike. Cool. And then we go on this hike. It's like, wait, this is a trail where a shit ton of people come? Like, this is interesting. It's different. <laughs> Obviously, the end or like the top of the hike was you know speechless but yeah it was so different you how was your experience with this hike i mean yeah it was not like too difficult but it was there was moments where like it's sandy there's no it's not like a well-developed trail so it's a trail that was developed because people stepped on that specific path over and over again it's just like eroded and like sideways kind of like off-piste if you will like skiing words but kind of like just like 
there's no support to the trail. No. So you're just kind of struggling your way. There's no direct route either. So we kind of like got lost a few times, got off the trail. There's cows back there. Oh my gosh. Those cows when they charged us. That was sketchy. Just one. It looked kind of like a... It was pissed. See? Mm -hmm. He wasn't pissed. He was scared of us. And we were scared of us as well. I started climbing a big rock. A bull like ran at us. See? The dog started running. Like we were were walking with a dog. That's why it scared me. Uh Uh-huh. The dog was scared. If the dog was scared, it's like, okay, I should be scared. Mm -hmm. You know, if the dog was like, whoa, I don't care. It's like, oh, he's used to like people so that was on the way back but i I I really want to like describe this lighthouse and that beach that we went to like next to the lighthouse like we're the only human beings is that how you say it what open sea like oh straight open to the sea yeah this beach there was no protection from it Uh so it's like pretty hardcore swell out there super cool yeah super cool oh my gosh yeah such a beautiful beach but describe like the lighthouse like we show up to this lighthouse that guy said to you ah see so, but first, it's, it's the people, they had a restaurant, mm-hmm. and they also told us that they have, like, this bungalow, but it wasn't a bungalow. It it's was just, just like, a room. Like a, yeah, it was just a room. Like a rock in the middle of it. Yeah. Big boulder, like, kind of, like, built into the boulder. See, and then yeah. we could hear a crabby walking oh my God. in the middle of the night. We, we could hear so something moving out. around while we were, like, sleeping. It was just All of a sudden, there was, like, a five inch wide maybe six inch wide crab crab like big crab like See, cruising around our bed remember how scared you were yeah i was scared of shit <laughs> what do you mean how could you not be and they would be stoked <laughs> 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 fucking biggest crab yeah well well anyways yeah so the guy just says hey you know i'm in charge of that like the locking that lighthouse and i'm i'm the one who's painting it and you that was oh it. that was him cc Taking care of the lighthouse. Uh-huh. So it's like, yeah, if you see, so in order to go to like up in the lighthouse the area, mm-hmm. the top, yeah, you had to open a few doors. And then he said, hey, if the door is locked, I mean, if it's closed, just open it and go up. If the other door is locked, just open it. Keep going up. Mm-hmm. It's like, heck yeah, I'm going to do that. And that's. Oh. Yeah, so we did that. See, definitely did it. So we show up to this lighthouse. It's like kind of being scared. worked on. Yeah, I was fucking scared. That was Gatiano. How do you say Gatiano? Like walking and crawling, like crawling. a cat. Yeah. See, see. So we go up like three flights of circular stairs up into this lighthouse, which is like way out on this point. Obviously, nobody's there, so that when we fall, no one's gonna help us. And we get to the top. There's like a tiny little door but if from you have like a good balance. You don't fall. This is one of the things that is different from the US than Mexico. Like they don't have, you would never be able to walk up in a lighthouse in the See? US and like just That's step out so on a ledge. That's why we're so stoked about it. It was so cool. We can do stuff that definitely you can't do in Mexico. In the US? I mean, in the US, uh-huh. sorry. So we were like sitting, like literally our feet dangling over like a 30 or 40 foot drop to like death. It wasn't that bad. <sighs> So scared. You were just like walking around casually, and now that I actually trust you and know that you're not that scared of heights, it's See, fine. Because we went to Utah. Utah, you would get paranoid. I was like, Don't go up to the ledge. See. You're like, yeah, like let me just want to take a cute selfie on the ledge and die. I ah. never take selfies. <laughs> you're a liar. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But yeah, actually, I did trust you up there, and I was freaking out. See. But you were fine. So yeah, we went up to this beautiful lighthouse. Um, just like a fantastic day trip. I just wanted to describe that a little bit. Yeah, because that was a really nice day as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The first day I wasn't feeling too well mentally. 
but then I switched my disc and enjoyed it a ton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not in a good place, and then it became a really, really, really nice place. I want to ask you to okay. pivot here about like what you like, why you value not watching Peaky Blinders at the end of the night. Oi. And just like to extrapolate that towards surrounding yourself with good energy, avoiding si. bad energy and si. bad um, Language mental as well. states. Language as well. See, si. I think a lot of these lessons can easily be overlooked, but like talk to me about like what yeah. it is about just the words we say to ourselves si. and the energies, the frequencies, the content that we like consume, consume and how it affects yeah. us. Because you're not like a big like news person. Nope. <laughs> yeah. And if I'm going to watch news, I prefer... It's just weird. In Mexico, when I was in when I was here in Mexico, I wanted to become a journalist because I wanted to. I had a really good life, so I wanted everyone to be able to have a good life. Um, corruption gets in the way, so so. What does? Mucha corrupción. Corruption. Corruption. Mm-hmm. Ay, sorry. Thank corruption. you. Corruption. Corruption. <laughs> Mucha corruption, señores. <laughs> yeah. And um, so. I was I wanted to take care of that in the sense, you know, make people no 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 life just like a slightly bit more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um anyways, yes, but I stopped watching news because I would all the problems I feel like everyone that watches the news um can relate to this because all of the problems of the world, just, just we receive it and we want to solve them. But since we know it's, we can't resolve them, they just sit in there in a soul and it's just tons of bad energy building up. And that's when I decided, hey, I don't want to watch news because I don't want to, if, if my whole goal in this life is to radiate good energy, I can't be put into those situations and just allow my energy to go to dark places you know so started being more self not so how do you like understanding Mm -hmm. the importance of knowing what you hear see and feel so for I don't like to watch Peaky Blinders at night because it's really aggressive. And if you do that before you go to bed, um, I just get this weird energy. Mm-hmm. And I go to bed with a weird energy and my dreams are um I have the virtue or curse to have very strange um, dreams. A lot of them can, I can relate to my daily life and I can put them in perspective like, oh, I dreamt this because of fears or uncertainties of my life or whatever. If they're good, you know, we can all, there's a whole nother topic about dreams, but if I go to sleep with bad energy, I don't do too well at night. I can't go to sleep. Remember the other day? That I said no, no more peaking planners, but I can, because I feel like my energy like switches 
to a darker place and i don't want that i prefer to meditate and then go to sleep and just go to bed in peace and we watched an episode of picking blinders because you said hey it's gonna be a <laughs> better <laughs> one it's not gonna be so violent let's just watch it, it we watch like it as the most violent, violent one i just wanted to punch something and Literally. yeah i was just so self-aware about that like type of feed that comes through your eyes or how would you describe it just like information and yeah and i think it's best to reserve your energy and to protect it mm -hmm. yeah also music music and the situations that you put yourself into could be another thing I think a lot of people don't think about this. Like we don't really think about how the information that we're bringing into us, whether it's news, whether it's music, how it impacts. See. So like, how did you learn that stuff? I don't know. Well, my mom. Actually, yes, I do know. <laughs> Your mom? <laughs> my mom had a lot to do with that. She didn't like scary movies. She didn't like violence, like play, you know, like, The typical American movie is all about shooting someone and someone being kind of like the hero, but there's a lot of violence going on. She didn't like that. It's like, that's not real life. If there's a shooting, that person definitely dies at the end, mm. you know, or just things like that. You might like one out of 10 people are in the shooting and they're like the people that they want to get obviously dies most of the time. Um, yeah, she d just didn't like the, she, I told you, she's really being, she's always an intuition person. So whatever doesn't feel right, she cuts it off of her life. So when we were younger, she, you know, Chucky, or what is it? The movie? Um, like Saw? No. No, no. The red haired. Oh, like you. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You're calling me Chucky right now? Fucking ruthless. <laughs> like that ginger kind of time. Okay. The scary movie with a guy named Chucky. Uh, the Grudge. No, Chucky. I don't know. That, see, that red hair, kind of like that little toy yeah, little that toy would with slice knife. people yeah, up. Yeah, that's called Grudge. It's called Grudge? I thought it was called Grudge. It's a... <laughs> Whatever. Movie. Anyways, okay. It was really popular. Everyone was watching it. And then would like all the kid she would see that all the kids would go to sleep and have nightmares. Mm -hmm. It's like I don't want that for my kids. And then she saw the power of how music mm, you know, whatever comes through your eyes, which is like maybe stuff that's in the media it can affect you. And um she was really aware of that, so she kind of provide not provide but like told us not to do certain things so mm -hmm. she gave us that self-awareness of what you're watching what you're listening to what who are you hanging out with that's gonna lead you to be more in peace or more in tune or like or more um just stressed and and overwhelmed Mom's way ahead of the curve no she's right on it i feel like a lot of people are still figuring some of these things out and she See? was te teaching you them years 10 years ago 10 years ago she's wise 
Mm, yeah. That all started there. Yeah. Now, from an early age, I didn't really quite understand, but throughout the years, I learned how to listen to myself, my soul, my mind, my body, how I reacted to certain things. And um, subconscious, subconscious has to do a lot with it. So maybe at first hand, we don't see it ch changing us. But if it's stuck in our subconscious, it over times, it, over time, you can see the changes. If you put something positive, or as if you put something negative, that's what you become. I think it's true. There's this idea of like bandwidth. Have I ever made this take to you? Maybe I don't know. It's like a Joe Rogan take, but he's like, <sighs> there's this concept of like internet bandwidth. Like you can only have so much information going. Like your bandwidth is like how much information you can take in. So okay. you can, let's say you have like a hundred units of bandwidth. Like Sweet. you can allocate all of that towards COVID news, Black Lives Matter, all that stuff Sweet. or you can put one percent towards all that and you can put 99 percent towards Sweet. like your own shit and so Sweet. this concept of bandwidth is just like a reminder of like what you surround yourself with like truly impacts like how you actually experience this life in this world definitely so i think that's kind of like what you're getting at here is like being aware of how you spend your bandwidth exactly and honestly a lot of respect also Respect, what do you mean? In terms of like people that like to do that to themselves, that's fine. People that really have, you know. Like investigative journalists that are willing to like actually put themselves in those places. See. Si. Respect for sure. See. Si. And also just, you could see gen like generally people, just people in general. It's like everyone has their own fears. Everyone has their own way of thinking the reality and it's totally fine if you respect them like COVID I do respect the people that believe in it and believe in the damage that it has done and I also respect the people that are not into it and they think it's a total fraud <laughs> <laughs> I respect it as there's well there's a place in the middle that's probably the accurate see mm -hmm. but it's just but where you, can you decide both sides. where you can yeah where yeah. you decide to to be in, be in peace with yourself when you are truly not lying to yourself mm -hmm. and not also going towards where everyone's going. Mm -hmm. Thinking of yourself is a theme in your life and in this conversation for sure. Listening to your soul, thinking Listening to yourself. Listening to your soul, yeah. Yeah, for almost two years, I, uh, I told you this, I mm -hmm. think. Let's talk about it. Yeah. I moved from the States... Or, like, from Mexico to the States, and I, the shock, the, yeah, shock culture. Culture which, shock. Culture shock mm -hmm. was just insane. One, I was so in love with my country at that period of my time or, like, that stage of my, my life that I did not want to move anywhere else. I, w I was just loving Mexico so much. Most, uh, yeah. I was just loving it too much. We go to the U.S. My parents get divorced. Beside the culture shock, there was an imbalance in my family, which led me to depression because there was a lot of emotions. I didn't want to really dive into them in that moment, but I also didn't want to ignore them. 
So it was a process of two years of just understanding what was going on and really mm, slowly understanding every stage of my life that I lived with my parents and now without my parents and not pushing anything, not feeling regrets through, towards my parents, you know. Um, one day I was feeling really angry. I was, I think it was probably like six months after my parents had divorced. I was, I didn't know I was angry. I was just, you know, ah, and then I was, I was talking to a friend. I was like, man, this and that, I'm so annoyed. Why are they acting this way? No, I don't, I didn't want to move to the States. Now I'm in the States. I want to live in Mexico, but I can't live in Mexico because my, you know, legal things that I needed to stay in the States to become a residency, resident. And then my friend's like, hey, Alondra, you're mad. Let yourself be mad, but don't stay there. Okay, that helped me so much. I would just let all my emotions rise, feel them, and understand why I was feeling them. And that helped me grow a lot and understand that at the end, we're all humans. At the end, we're all souls. Because if I were to have seen my parents, my parents' marriage as a daughter, I wouldn't have understand why they got divorced and would have have been so accepting of my dad and my mom's decision and reaction. So I think that's what helped me a lot, just like um, confronting emotions might not be appealing but it's something that you have to do and able to grow. If you don't do it, you're just covering emotions and you're not letting yourself go through the cycle of life that you need to go and you're just looking elsewhere to find maybe something that you have within and you'll never find it outside. You're only feeling within yourself. So if you don't take the time, yes, it's going to hurt. Yes, it's going to be uncomfortable. But if you, if you don't take the time, you're never going to grow as a human being. That's on. That's why I see everyone as a soul. Wow. Something that hasn't been said in this conversation is that you your English, like you barely spoke English before you were 18. See, si. You came to the U.S. abruptly, like not expecting this at all, um, at the age of 18 when you were like really thriving in the longboard community and si. just like with your life, you were really happy. I was getting a sponsor. I was becoming the new cool. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you were just like, boom, now you're in the U.S. in this cold-ass gray town yeah, called Seattle. Yeah, ex exactly <laughs> the opposite of what I wanted. Yeah, and uh, you barely could speak English, and then you, I mean, you could speak English, but, like, not, you couldn't no. communicate at the same level. No. And that's, like, something that's, like, obviously frustrating, like, when you can't really convey, like, how you feel through words. Um, 
So the fact that you can sit down here and actually convey what you want to say in English is super I still have cool. a little, you know, challenges here and there. I have to be slow and really take a pause in what I really want to say and actually like translate the meaning of the word, not just the word. Right. But I think you're crystal clear in terms, like, I just, yeah, it's really impressive. I would love to be able to do a podcast in, in Spanish, Spanish one day, one day. Dame una pregunta en español, por favor. Hazme una pregunta en español, por favor. Hazme? Sí. Give me? Sí. Por favor. Por favor, una pregunta. Sí, para mí. Quiero. I want to be like super, but then I don't want to put fácil. you on the Pregunta fácil, por favor. Una pregunta fácil sería... ¿Cómo fue...? No, eso va a ser muy difícil. Te iba a preguntar sobre surf. I was going to ask you about surf. Okay, no. ¿Sí? Ah, ¿qué fueron, ¿Cómo fueron tus primeros días practicando el deporte de surf? Fuck. Skip forward one minute if you don't want to hear me struggle in Spanish. Los días primeros. Primeros Los primeros días eh, fue muy difícil. Eh, el primer día fuimos a la lancha sí. y las olas largas y muy intimidos, intimidas, uh -huh. intimidating, uh -huh. y, uh, cu pero cuando practico más, sí. um, y cada día aprendo un poco más y más, sí. uh, después de tres, cuatro días, uh -huh. puedo levantar, sí, Sí. I was able to stand up sí. y man, manto las, las olas. Montar las olas. Sí. Sí. Um, todos, even today, like, um, hoy aprendo más. Like, every day we go out, I learn more. And sí. so, um, Matthew and I, let me just go back to English. <laughs> okay. Matthew y yo hablamos sobre... Um, we were talking about how like doing things that are challenging are so mm -hmm. important in life because mm -hmm. it's like humbling. We were talking about like the balance between humility and ego, which is something we were talking about today, Earlier, but yeah. exposing yourself to surfing for me, like, like I said earlier, surfing and working on my Spanish were two things that I wanted to improve. Like I couldn't have yes. even said what I just said as smoothly as I did. It wasn't that smooth, but it was okay. No, but yeah, for sure. I'm improving yeah. constantly, but yeah, um, doing things that are uncomfortable can help you grow. Like if you're always doing stuff that is, you feel confident about doing. Yes. Yeah, you're never gonna grow. For sure. You you might like grow slowly, but it's slowly. not gonna be as fast as like or as much. Um, yeah. So surfing, being here in Mexico. I mean, even just driving on these streets at first, it was like, how do we take this left here? Like, yeah. I, do you remember we would almost get in like little mini fights of, how do we take this left? I don't I know. Don't know. Is, the, <laughs> is this lane out. for the left? So like the main two lanes, and then you have to actually go to the right in order to take a left or a U-turn. All the way to the right. It's just insane. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we are getting to a point where we can start to wrap this up. See. Sí. But first I have two final questions. Orle. Yes. Um, so I, yeah, I appreciate you talking about those two years that you like went through 
like a significant challenge. I think a lot of people can relate to that, whether it's getting having a parent getting divorced or having to move towns when it's not necessarily your decision or going to college. Like there's all these things like everyone has their own challenges. See. And so for you to talk openly about how you were willing to embrace that journey. Yeah. Yes, those two years like sucked for sure. Yeah. But you got through them and then you learned a ton about yourself. And so maybe talk a little bit before I ask the final two questions about like how you came out of that. Like how did how you did come I, out of depression? Like how did How that, did I come out of depression? Did embracing this like shitty part of your life and like being very helped. Yeah. How? How? I have no idea. I just am a really positive person and humor had a lot to do with it. How so? It's just this country in Mexico is just all based in humor. We make fun of ourselves and of other people all the time. So if you take yourself too serious, there's something wrong. You know, you have to see things with humor so you can kind of like go through the challenge that you're going through and not see it as something bad, but see it as something like, huh, it happened, whatever, you know? So I think I was taking myself too seriously and I was thinking of myself like, oh yeah, this is the worst that's happening to me. And just meeting the right people at the right time made me branch out into just like how fortunate I am and how I am struggling less than other people. I'm still struggling and I'm new to these feelings and I'm not demeaning my struggle but I am struggling less. And just making maybe, you know, fun of myself here and there. It's just like, oh man, you know, just feeling sorry for myself and feeling the pity. And I was like, yeah, Londra. And I would make fun of myself and I would just burst a, a smile on my face. It's like, okay, I can feel better. Also, nature in Washington. Man, that helped me so much. I was getting out of it, out of depression, just, you know, being positive. One day, this is, this is actually what happened. I was going to ESL classes to learn more English, and I remember I would sometimes miss three days of not going because I just would wake up, my alarm would go off, I would wake up, and I would feel so down that I didn't even want to live. You know, I just wanted to stay in bed, sleep all day, and do the same thing the next day. And then one day, I was, like, really analyzing what was going on. I was like, am I not wanting to live because I really don't want to live? Or is it because I don't want to carry the burden that all the all the bad decisions that I've made throughout these months that are kind of putting a barrier to me living life fully? what is it okay then I realized it was the lack of just not making myself accountable of the decisions I was making and one day I just woke up and said hey I messed up and I haven't done what I need to do the past few months because I've been feeling down but this is the day where I turn around and just create a new life for myself and I just woke up with not wanting to wake up, not wanting to go to school, but I just embraced it and said, if I do it now, I'll do it tomorrow, and if I do it tomorrow, I'll do it the next day, and I'll just carry momentum and go 
on. Sorry. Um, and that's how it all happened. And then just I was I started to meet the right people at the right time. I started going. It was summertime, so I went hiking a ton. And that helped me so much to, I was learning so much from nature. So, so much. I would go on a hike and see like, you know, you see this big mountains and we just look over them, but we don't realize how much life there is in that mountain. And this small little tiny flower, it's part of all that grand scheme, you know, of life. So me as a human being, we're so many humans. To me, this being this small can make so much impact to what beautiful means, you know, beautiful, how we can become so beautiful as humans. But I really need to work on myself and put myself out there. Otherwise, I'm not going to, we're not going to get anywhere. Is that where you were? No, thank you for sharing that. I think that's, that's awesome. Um. I also love, as you know, <laughs> just the beauty of the Pacific Northwest. Um, it's yeah. super special. And yeah. coming down here to Mexico, everyone's like, oh, wow, it's so nice here in Mexico. It's like, yeah, well, y'all are living in a paradise, exactly. too. You know? I was impressed by a lot of Washingtonians that don't really explore their land. It's crazy. It's like, what? I you know have people all that have this never natural beauty yeah. around you. You take a step left, step left, right, step back, step front natural beautiful places everywhere <sighs> yeah it's like, what it's you funny to, when you yeah. grow up in a certain place that you might not even like really recognize like See. what you have See. I, I briefly but like i got out of hiking the enchantments one time See. you've hiked a cold chuck lake but if yeah, you go up all the way we're gonna do it Let's do that. if you go up um asgard pass and into the enchantments it's like one of the most magical places I've ever been to, but just like 29 named lakes, one after the other, after the other. And it's just this beautiful place. And I was, I got back out of there and I got down to the car. I think it was Edon and I, and we went to like a subway, obviously. Eh, it's nice. like the only thing that was open at that hour. It's like 8 PM or something after like 12, 13 hours of hiking. And I like got to subway and I was just like buzzing with this, like I was just high on life. You know, I was just, oh, like, I just got done with this amazing hike. Like, did you, and I talked to the girl at subway. I think she was a Latina girl actually. And, oh, um, in Leavenworth. And I was like, yeah, we just got done with the hiking, the enchantments. Like, have you been up there? Like it's, you know, mm-hmm. five minutes up the road, the mm-hmm. trailhead. And she's like, no, I have no idea what that is. Wow. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, she lives right here. Yeah. This beauty is just, like, up on those mountains right See? there, and she's no idea. And it, it just struck me. I was like, oh, wow. Like, she can't even really relate to, like, the feeling that I have right now of, like, oh. being so thrilled by, like, the experience. Yeah. That, I don't know. It was just, it was one of those moments that I, like, kind of remember and flash back to once in a while. It kind of goes to what you're talking about. But, See? um same thing happened to me in Moab. I was like, yo, like, you know, like Delicate Arch, like Arches National Park is right there. And like some locals are just like, yeah, I've never been up there. It's like, yeah. what? Like, it's fucking I mean, you grew away. up. Yeah, I was talking to the lady that was doing my nails. Yeah. And I was like, oh, do you go to the beach? She's like, oh, yeah, no. I was like, well, it just becomes so like a normal thing yeah. for you that you actually like don't crave it anymore. And mm-hmm. it's like, you're kind of like, whatever, you know. I think that's the beauty of me changing we moved houses frequently, mm-hmm. so just changing scenarios helped me 
to understand the value of what my surroundings are and just really explore them. Yeah. I don't know. Not everyone has the same. Everyone has an explorer, you know, inside of them. I think so. But a lot of people don't take the time to know themselves enough and just put all their energy in social media and other social stuff that they prevent themselves through knowing what's out there and what's in them or like within them. I don't know. What do you think? I think <laughs> I think you're right. If you want to ask me, like I would say we are wired to be outdoors. See. We're wired to be moving, walking. Although our DNA uh, changes for sure, but but we're not wired to be sitting inside no. watching Peaky Blinders. Um, <laughs> although it's a damn good show. It so is, if you is. were to go back, whisper something in your ear at the age of 18, and I'm kind of losing love for this question because obviously you can't go back and change no. something that happened in the past. But if you could, what would you tell nothing. yourself? Don't tell me nothing. Nothing. If you could write one message to the world and everyone has to look at it like, just do it. <laughs> no, but if you like, if you got like the Facebook, the question is like, if you got the Facebook, everyone's Facebook for See? one day, and you could put the message at the top, so everybody opens up their Facebook one morning. We are all souls, maybe. I don't know. I really don't know. And I would you change the the question to me? Yeah, hell yeah, yeah I change the question. On if you. I were, if you tell me like, what would be the question? That I would, or maybe like something I would say to if my the same 18, year, yeah, yeah. 18 year old, nothing because everything that I've been through has helped me to be the person that I am. And if I would have this knowledge, I wouldn't have gone through all the situations that I went through that helped me to be myself this specific time. So no, I wouldn't change anything. <laughs> I gotta stop asking that question, um, but I think it's. I know it's the really reason why nice I, to think about. Like, yeah, I would tell her, I would tell myself this. Yeah, and it's I respect that, but I just like my journey. Yeah, the reason we have a slightly like different perception on things here because I think yes, you have to go through your own struggles and your own path. See, but there's also some truth in like if you meet someone and they give you some piece of wisdom that can like move you forward mentally mm -hmm. in like 12 steps or like 50 See? steps, See? you can like potentially go around certain challenges See? that you might've faced. And I feel super fortunate. I feel like I've benefited from consuming other people's wisdom from podcasts See? and things like that. So that's why I just like, it's an opportunity to share some wisdom with somebody who might be not as for a, far along See, in their path. I think you specifically have spent a lot of time like self reflecting, reflecting and yeah. things like that. So, um, yeah, that's why I asked. I don't know. Question. I just think one of the things that I would really encourage people to see, it's like, or to really put themselves into really feel your feelings and understand them. Don't get stuck, but understand as you know, me, I have my own process of where I sit down understand my feelings and then I move on and I can be happier but it does take me maybe a week or two or if if I'm going through a major like change of my life you know or a different stage of my life it mm -hmm. really takes me maybe it could take me a month but just sit 
and know yourself. Sit with yourself and really understand yourself and what's going on. I think that's that's a that's something that we don't take time to. We take time to listen to another person talk and say their problems, but we don't talk. We don't take our the time to really listen to our problems, you know, and really understanding why am I feeling it? What arose? What rose? Arose to that feeling? What life situation got stuck with me to have this feeling attached to certain situations, and now it's affecting me? Just things like that. Just sit with yourself, listen to yourself, love yourself. It sounds really cliche, but it is part of what. I feel like we all should do and don't see people as like genders. If you see them as just human beings, as souls, you'll see their light. Everyone has their light. Some are more like bright than others. But if you see yourself as a, as a soul, you'll see other people as equal and you're start, you're start, you will start understanding their light, their vibration and just how they you know how how it feels to be around with another person and yeah if you see another person just as a soul as another human being you'll be more empathetic with them and understanding i think that's i mean it's really cliche we hear you. it all the time <laughs> but it's something super important for us humans to to develop take care mucho you también. Thank you for sharing so much goodness today. Fine. Thank you for asking so many questions. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you had fun. I sure sí. certainly did. Um, and yeah, we're going to wrap it up. Go to dinner. Coolio. I'm starving and I have to pee. Me too. Thank you so much. Yeehaw. Adios. You're welcome. Ciao. Flat